Hey everyone, we are back for another exciting rehearsal. This week we are going behind the scenes of Drum Corps and talking about all the people behind the scenes that make Drum Corps work. We will also find out what made Nicole say. Okay, this is gonna be so hot topic, or what, hot topic? Not like, not like the store. <laughs> and why Lex said. It was honestly, I'm impressed every year by Drum Corps. I'm never unimpressed. It just gets better and better and better and better. All this and more, so get out on the field and we will see you back on the sidelines for this week's episode of On a Water Break. Let's go. Set it up. Top of the show. Form, check form. Cover down. Do it again. Run it back. And we'll see you Welcome to another episode of On a Water Break, the podcast where we talk about everything you and your friends are talking about at rehearsal on a water break. I'm Steve McCarrick, back uh, rotating hosting duties with Jackie, who will be with us here in a little bit with an amazing volunteer and parent of a drum corps marching member, Stephanie Click. If you've ever been in Color Guard in Texas, you may know that name. But before we get to that, let's see who's on the sidelines this week. We got Nicole. Hey, what's up? Hey, Nicole. I feel like I haven't gotten to talk to you in a little while. I'm excited to get into things here. I know. Uh, but also joining us, fresh off of band camp, we have Jeremy from Drum Corps today. Hey, everyone. Hey, man. Happy to have you back on here. And it's then awesome to be also, back. Absolutely. And uh, joining us as well, also having just gotten off of tour with the Phantom Regiment, we have... Lex Holland. Hey, Lex. Hey, how are you? I am excited. I am ready to get going here. Um, so we'll get going with our gushing goes. I want to kick things off because I finally had my first rehearsal as a member of the Eagles drum line. And I just want to say how awesome it is doing an NFL professional drum line. My whole entire marching career, I feel like I heard people saying they were like, what are you going to do after you age out or like you need to go work hard in college or whatever so that you, you have something you can do after you get done with band. Well, it turns out you are building a resume the whole time because there are tons of different professional opportunities out there where folks can go. They can keep on drumming, uh, at least for battery drummers. There's a, so many NFL drum lines now, and I feel like there's a new one every year. And it's like it's the best time. You're just hanging out. Everyone, yeah, go ahead. Do you guys? I mean, and this is the—I hear this song playing in my head. It. Do y'all play a version of like "Fly Like an Eagle"? (laughs) Why? (laughs) The white song is a lot. It says "Fly Eagles Fly." (laughs) That's for for sure. Um, (laughs) Bring that up. Maybe you can make an arrangement. (laughs) I'll make a bass drum only I and E for a "Fly Like an Eagle," (laughs) but um, (laughs) it is. It's awesome. I can't recommend it enough. If you're a drummer who, like myself, was wondering, like, should I go audition for that? Should I try it out? Yes, do it. It's cool. You get paid, you get to drum, you get to hang out with tons of cool people. It's an awesome experience. Um, But, Nicole, what are you going to gush and go on about? Okay, this is going to be so hot topic or what? hot topic? Hot topic, like not the store? Like, not like the store, <laughs> but like, <laughs> oh, what is that? Oh, button, whatever. I'm just going to say it. Um, <laughs> It is 
I am gushing and going about the fact that like I'm just watching my friends. I'm living vicariously through my friends and their mm-hmm. like, band camp experiences because, as you know, I'm not on that side of the field anymore. I'm in the press box. So right now, <laughs> uh, right now, like I like right before I got on here, I was on a a, a judging Zoom for you know, a different, um, circuit. And so I'm going to be doing a bunch more of those. So I'm super, like, I'm excited to see what my friends are doing and then be able to like, you know, look at these products later, Yeah. you know, and apply what I've learned because there's so many different, I I don't think people realize this and maybe they do, but like, there's always ongoing training that's happening. And Mm -hmm. I'm literally starting another training this this weekend it's all like home self and you do it in your own time however like this is stuff you can go back to later on like it's not just for the first time like judges like you can go back and you know get your feet wet again and you know oil the squeaky wheel you know so so yes i am excited about all that. I don't know if that was hot topic or hot button or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what word I'm trying well, to Well, <laughs> you're right that people don't really, I actually think it was very more zoomies of you than hot topic, but you're right mm-hmm. that people don't really realize that judges are actually putting in lots of work all the time. Cause I think like so many people in the marching world are, are always, they want to like trash talk about the judges and say mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, this circuit, all the judges are old, that circuit that uh, they don't know what they're talking about. Like, Actually, they're some of like the most passionate band people in the world. Dude, and if they, you ever like, for me, my wrap ups go a mile a minute, and it's just like you only need to do three things. I'm working on that. I'm working on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was impressed by. I'm actually trying to get into that judging space now too. And you remind me that I need to submit my trial tapes. By the way, but Wait. um, uh, my coach essentially who's been like guiding me through the process is like such a pro he just like he sits down and critique and he just uses those two minutes like so efficiently Mm -hmm. i don't even know that i could be that like effective with that little amount of time so like really it's its whole own skill and the people that do it are very i respect it so much more now that i started and i bet you feel the same way do you absolutely yeah no i I get a lot out of it every time I sit down and talk to anyone and I'm a sponge. So, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. That's, that's how I tend to feel being so new to it. Um, Jeremy, what are you gushing and going on about this week? Yeah. So I'm going to gush about you had mentioned before that I'm pretty fresh off of band camp. And by that, I mean, like had a chance to come home, wash off the sunscreen, grab a quick bite to eat and then (laughs) hop on the call, getting ready to record. (laughs) Well, thank you. It's been, Oh, it's, it's, it's super exciting to be back. And, you know, it's, it's so exciting to be on the field again. It, it feel I know it's only been a year, but it feels like forever since we've been out there and it's really awesome to just go out there, perform with everyone, not perform, sorry, be out there with the performers, <laughs> getting new content, getting ready to perform for an audience. Um, we are, this is our second week of band camp. We had a week earlier yeah. in June and now we've got our second week day two, we're off day two. We've got the first 20-ish sets of the show on the field, nice. which is pretty awesome. We've got the opener music mostly under our fingers. We started touching the ballads today, but it's it's really exciting and really awesome to be going again. Yeah, my high school starts a uh, band camp in, I think, a week or two. 
I'll, uh, I'm, I'm watching for Jeremy's nod of approval or disapproval to tell me when it's going to start. <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a lot, man. I, I remember being a, a high school kid and going in, and that's when I feel like I, a boy became a man out there at band camp. I was like, wow, this is a lot of work. I've never had to work this hard in my life. Oh, yeah, um, especially for the freshmen. I mean, it's their first yeah. time really being this committed to an activity. I mean, mm -hmm. in, I know middle school, there's certainly commitments, whether it be sports or band or other activities. But like high school is just that next notch up from middle school. And it's just a lot more time commitment. And this is pretty much their first experience with the high school. I mean, they haven't even had classes yet and we're focused on band camp already. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a really distinct memory from that time period of my life where I came home from band camp, maybe this was like day five, day six or something like that. And I just like collapsed on the bedroom floor and I had like some chafing going on. And I just, I just <laughs> laid there for hours, like two, like maybe an hour. Cause I needed to get to bed, but I, 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 I can't imagine if someone walked in, what it would have looked like in that moment. <laughs> um, yeah. Band's bands definitely difficult to explain to outsiders. <laughs> Be like you. You sign up to do this to yourself. Wait, you pay this, to do this to yourself? This, yeah. this is a choice. <laughs> uh, Lex, what do you want to gush and go on about this week? Um, we have to talk about San Antonio because I'm. I I feel like a Cinnabon. I'm freshly tanned. I'm glazed <laughs> in sunscreen, and it was honestly. I'm impressed every year by drum corps. I'm never unimpressed. Yeah. It just gets better and better and better and better. And I mean, people were just coming out. It it was it it was so nice to see everybody in one spot and not just look at scores or look at videos, you know, posted. And I, I'm just excited for now Atlanta's coming up. Then you have Allentown. It's mm -hmm. just it's gonna be, I truly think this is gonna be one of the best DCIs that that we have because I think it's such a good summer right now. hundred percent. A hundred percent. All of these shows are so good. I usually like am a bit of a critic and I got ones that <laughs> I think aren't it and ones that that are, but I actually really like pretty much everything that's going on. Right. I mean, it's hard to find things that you don't like, but also, I mean, these kids are putting in some hard work because this, yes. when I tell you that San Antonio was hot, it was hot. And I I've, mean, hot. Yeah. Let, I watched your TikTok <laughs> about San Antonio. It was like one heat, two, something else. And then three heat <laughs> circle back to the heat. Cause you can't talk about it. I mean, I was like, is the sun on the 50 because I'm hot. I mean, and there, and all of these kids, I mean, like you said, you pay to do this. Like they're paying to just not only work hard, but I mean, they're working through some conditions that, you know, it's, it's wild. So I'm, I am truly excited to just keep going. And then just like everybody else tomorrow, band camp. So we just went back at it. It does not stop. It never stops. Are you going to be back on tour with Phantom at some point? Um, I'm actually going to meet them here in Indy. So I've done a few stints oh, okay. on tour. And then I will meet them here to do the the final hurrah. But they're, they are working hard. The, those kids over at Phantom, I mean, impressed. They are, they are incredibly talented. I mean, just I, my jaw hits the floor every, every day that I'm in front of them. Yeah, awesome. I'm super jealous. I wish that I was uh, more involved with drum corps this year. I feel like I've just been like out on the outskirts, just watching all the different like illegal clips on the internet that I can find. 
<laughs> so yeah, we've actually kind of been already touching on this already, I guess. But everyone's in DCI mode and our episode recapping the San Antonio Regional just got put out last week. You should definitely go and listen to it. So Drum Corps, it's all about great shows, incredible performers and amazing fans. But what about the people that we don't often talk about? The behind the scenes crews. I'm talking about the nurses, the food trucks, the merch people, all the countless volunteers that sew costumes, they help to load trucks, and all the other countless tasks that you may not think about, but they're extremely important. They're needed to run a marching arts activity. Uh, does anyone have a really good story of one of these behind-the-scenes types of people, uh, either from drum corps or marching band, that that really got the crew down the road? Oh, I mean, I Oh, go ahead. I don't I don't think we can talk about drum corps without talking about your med staff. I mean, oh, yeah, we have. And now nowadays, you know, I marched back in the day where you didn't have slack, but we have slack now. And it's so funny and impressive. Like at Phantom, you just hop in the slack and you're like medical needed here. Side two on the field on the 40. <laughs> and they are there with their medical bag. And I have to, I mean, I don't, I hope that she listens to this episode, but Sarah at Phantom Regiment, she is on it. She comes in with her bags and her gloves and she's always there to make sure that the kids are nice. ready to go back on the field or that, you know, the staff is educated on how the member needs to be taken care of to continue to like make it to finals basically. So, I mean, yeah. we can't, we can't talk about drum corps or band really without talking about the people that are helping these kids through injuries and the heat and all of that. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't even know if we, if we were using Slack that effectively back when I was marching back in like 2018, 2019, that sounds like so perfect. It's almost like you have a 911 hotline on the field. We're texting nine one one, and the ambulance is is feet, but they're getting there. <laughs> they're getting there as quick as they can. And I also I gotta derail for a second and talk about Slack. Slack used to be the most fun thing. Do you guys go crazy with the emojis? The reactions is that's where people go crazy. You, you yes. can tell which members, you know, when you're like, wake up is at 8 a.m. You can tell the members that are not truly excited because they give the best reactions. The emojis are elite. <laughs> well, maybe it is in the spirit of the episode. One behind the scenes thing that happened to us at Crown. We had a student. He uh, a lot of the pit used to bring scooters on tour, but one particular student scootered through a gym. And in doing so, they really messed up all the waxing on the basketball floor, mm. which that school was very upset about. So they uh, they wanted to charge Crown, which gets Crown very, very unhappy. Mm -hmm. um, maybe something that you don't see from the outside looking in is every now and again, there needs to be a little bit of discipline, a little bit of uh, uncomfortable conversations coming down from the core director. Mm. So... They post in our Slack and they say something you can't take scooters, no more scooters on tour or whatever. And then the entire drum course scooter reacts the post, which <laughs> was unwise. It was not a good decision to scooter react to that post because we got woken up very early the next morning by the, our core director, Jim, and he he really ripped us a deservedly new one for that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, what about some other maybe good stories instead of uh, 
<laughs> stories of getting reamed out. What are some really good stories of some more of these great behind the scenes folks? As you know, I am not of the age that you all youngsters are. So when I marched, <laughs> like a lot of stuff, like our, you know, like our nurses were, you know, definitely like staff members. Were they certified? Probably not, but that's okay. <laughs> but our, I marched um, uh, Patriots that was in upstate New York, and we did a lot of Canada um, and, you know, shows and stuff like that. So there was, and I want to talk about the bus drivers. So mm. um, the bus driver, the name of our bus was called Snow White because it didn't have a logo on it. And it was white. And uh, coming from, I want to say Kitchener, Ontario. Uh, I, I remember that one very well, just because we stayed in an ice rink, um, for that. That's show. very Canadian of you guys. Oh, oh, abs. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but we stayed there and on the way back, um, the color guard bus, uh, the air conditioner broke. So, oh, no. It got to, yeah, and it was a couple of hours to get from Kitchener back to like Rochester, and that's where the bus had to go. So, well, while we were, we had a pit stop, and the bus driver bought all these little like fans, and he had some way of plugging them in, obviously, but like he opened the hatches, had fans in like <clears throat> every three seats for us because like we were sitting around in our sports bra and shorts you know, trying to keep cool for four hours. Yeah. And so it was very nice of them to do that. And we actually stopped a little bit more frequently so we could get off, like get water and not have to be traveling in a hot box. But uh, other than that though, like those bus drivers have to deal not just with like long hours and driving, but like we've all been on a bus before. We are not yeah. the, <laughs> we're not the quietest sometimes <laughs> well i was just thinking about that as you were talking i was like you know what now that i'm an adult really shout out to my bus driver from my two summers of drum corps because he he was just letting us rock and roll back there he didn't exactly. pass judgment he uh just got us from point a to point b <laughs> yeah. and uh and just, yeah it's so nice and so like yes these are kids they're gonna be loud and then at the end, just be so like, oh, you guys were amazing. And it's just like, we just want to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I owe you an apology and a thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so they kept us safe. They got us from show to show. And just big shout out to the drivers. I agree. I absolutely agree. They were both of my drivers. Both of my summers were just awesome dudes. Um, and it seemed like they were living kind of some of their best lives at the moment. Like uh, that guy, my bus driver, he brought a bike with him. And when he would get a little bit of free time where he wasn't sleeping or driving the core around, yeah. he would just be like bicycling. He would be basically touring the country, bicycling, watching the drum corps. And right. that was just what he was into. And I bet he had as good a summer as we did. <laughs> right. Jeremy, uh, what you got? So I've still got Bandcamp on the mind, and I'm going to want to go and talk about all of the awesome parents that come and volunteer their summer summers, their evenings, and their weekends all year to help out. I mean, think about it. We've got, even though we've got the performers, the directors, the staff, and all of them that are giving a lot of effort, without a small army of parents, there's no way the 
students would be able to, I mean, A, get the trucks everywhere they need to go with all their equipment, get the uniforms to fit them, get the equipment all ready, all any instruments that need to get shipped out to a repair shop. There's just so much that the parents do behind the scenes on a pretty much daily basis. Without oh, yeah. them, the average marching band would just have so many have so many issues. Yeah, no, they are extremely important, especially back in like a high school marching band. I remember that the parents were everything. I don't think we could have even had a show without them. Oh yeah, we've got even yeah, we've got staff members and students that often help with the props. But I mean, without the parents building all the props and doing all yeah. the extra legwork, yeah, there's no way. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Building props, but also taking care of uniforms. Um, I, I could remember we had almost 25 or 30 like dedicated band parents, it seemed like, that would come out to meetings. And they were, they're a equally large part of the team right behind the scenes, exactly like, like we've been saying all night. But speaking of oh, parents, man. if you have some pants that need hemmed, Go grab them and get them out to Stephanie because she only has a few minutes that she can help out. Let's take it away, Jackie. Hey, this is Christine Ream and Chris Green. Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Our consignment inventory has plenty of great looks for your color guard, drumline, and marching band. Pay it forward. When you purchase consignment, you help other programs. Last year, we sold over 400 sets of consignments and returned over $125,000 in payments to our consigners for their sales. Additionally, Guard Closet offers custom and pre-designed costumes, flags, floors, and formal wear, full or partial show writing, educational programming, and other services. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment. The Guard Closet team is here to help you get everything you want and need for your season. Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome to Auto Water Break. I am so glad you're here. How are you today? I am so good. Well, I want to start off with uh, basically Stephanie is a seamstress for some uh, multiple drum corps, right? I think <laughs> one this season, but I have done multiple in the past. Yeah, you've been doing this for a long time. Basically, is is the idea though? Um, yes. I just want to say that's like one of my dream jobs because I actually am the seamstress for the Macy's band, and ah. that's like. I, I love to do it. I love to go travel. And, you know, with that group, we're just in one place for a week out of the <laughs> year. So what you're doing is kind of like that next amazing step up. So um, let's start off with a tradition here on a water break. And we are going to have you give your life story in 32 counts. Okay. So basically right. throw in everything that you have in the next 32 <laughs> counts. It's about 30 seconds. So... Uh, we'll give you eight on the mat. My name is Stephanie Click. I grew up in Kentucky. I'm married to Don Click, who's the program coordinator for the Colts. He's a member of the D D uh, WGI executive board. We have two kids, Avery, who just turned 20, 
who plays marimba in the Cavaliers this year. And our daughter Piper just turned 18 and she is in her second year in the color guard of the blue devils. I'm the color guard director at seven lakes high school in Katy, Texas. And I own a small digital marketing company. Wow. Good job. <laughs> that was so quick. <laughs> so, Basically, how did you get started in drum corps? What's what's your drum corps roots, basically? What's, what's your color guard roots, I should say? Let's go way back. <laughs> so I was a person who never marched DCI. I always wanted to, but I grew up in a small town in Kentucky, and it really wasn't an accessible activity where I grew up, right. but I did march seven years of winter guard. So mm. I knew all about drum corps, but in the community where I grew up, we did winter guard. And so I did seven seasons there. So familiar with DCI. It was really when I got married, um, my husband had marched the Bridgman. He marched Suncoast Sound and also marched the Blue Devils. And so it was really through him that I learned so much more about drum corps. So your husband was like all over the map with drum He cords, was. And you yes. were like winter guard. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> nice. So how so how did you like have you been sewing a long time? Like what's what's kind of the backstory on how that happened? Mm -hmm. I've I grew up, like I said, in this little small community and we had to take home ec at at, in the right. my school system. And so I uh, took home ec in junior high and all four years of high school. I've always loved to sew. I'm the person that can sew from a pattern. I made my kids um, little matching outfits when they were babies Aww. and uh, just have always loved to sew. And it's kind of been something that I've always, that I've always done. So last year, um, so the 2022 season was the first year that my kids marched drum corps. Um, Pat Sidling is the core director of the Blue Devils. Uh, we have a background when he lived in Nashville. So did so did we. And um, and so at that time, um, I was on staff at Music City Mystique. Um, which my husband founded. And Pat was one of our drivers at that point. He oh, had wow. a stint that he lived in Nashville as well and uh, and called me and said, hey, you can sew, can't you? And I said, is this a trick <laughs> question? <laughs> and so uh, and so this, he said, we, we need you uh, to come to spring training. Would you mind to sew? And I said, actually, I would love to sew. And so that's how I ended up uh, sewing with the Blue Devils this season. Oh my gosh. So you're with the Blue Devils now. What other cores have mm -hmm. you have you worked with and and done done volunteer work for? It, it's sure. Yeah. Um my son marched Carolina Crown last year. And so um spent a week with them on their food truck. I think actually it was eight days on their food truck. And then this year um have spent time with the Cavalier uh, with the Cavaliers through their gala. Um and we'll do some things with them volunteer wise as the season goes on. Um, and then spent seven days with the blue devils in their spring training in Laramie, Wyoming, sewing, um, altering every core uniform. We had to touch every single core uniform. They have, um, straps that, that connect in the back. And when we get those from Stanbury, they aren't connected gotcha. so they can be customized to each kid. Um, and then just came back from another eight-day stint with the Blue Devils as well, where uh, we kind of did those mid-tour alterations. You know, you slim down. <laughs> yes, you got to do those. Those are so important. <laughs> yes, yes. Just making sure that that they all look absolutely their best. 
I love to hear that uh, that Stanberry is out there with these cores because uh, that's not that they sponsor us. They don't sponsor us, but we would definitely right. uh, not complain if they wanted to. Just throwing that out there for anybody <laughs> listening from Stanberry. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so what is it like having, you know, these having children basically who are marching mm-hmm. different cores, rival cores under one <laughs> roof? Because I know like the Blue Devils Cavies rivalry is pretty pretty mm-hmm. like historical and then it is and then like to go from carolina crown to cabbies like what's what's that like at home mm-hmm. um it's it's actually it's it's pretty fun for the kids but kids are really close they're 17 months apart um boy girl they're they're complete opposite personalities and they're <laughs> just super super close um and so it's it's been it's it's fun to watch their interactions because uh, especially like as action shots come up to see them sharing each other's action shots. Um, my son last year was really cute. At one point, he I saw him kind of on tour and he said, everybody's pretty sick of me bragging on my sister. That <laughs> <laughs> so, I was like, you're such a great big brother <laughs> bragging on your little sister all the time. Um, and I know she she does the same with him, but um, they have not seen each other yet on tour this oh, yeah. season. And so the uh, the first time they'll see each other is in Houston, which is ironic because that's our hometown. So it's both of their home shows. All and right. it'll be the first time that they get to see each other. It's hard on me, especially finals week, because, you know, I can't wear green and I can't wear blue. And just uh, trying to figure out um, what I'm going to wear and how to support both. A lot of bouncing back and forth between practice sites and um, trying to give everybody equal time. Well, a lot of like changing shirts back and forth in between yes. shows too, right? And you're <laughs> like, okay, right. where do I sit? That's close enough to the bathroom. So I can go change my shirt. <laughs> you know what you need is a quick change shirt. Stanberry. I hey, do. Stanberry. Can you develop yes. a quick change t-shirt, please? <laughs> yes, that is exactly what I need. <laughs> awesome. That's so great. Um, so back back to sort of what you do. So you were saying like mm-hmm. you have to do alterations. What exactly are you doing with these cores um, with the alterations? Like what's what's kind of the more common stuff to do? Uh, just just kind of give us a like, like a rundown of what your work is like with them. Sure. So I think the the main thing that, each of these cores one in their core uniform is for for it to look like that those uniforms were custom made to those students. And, you know, you want them to look sleek, you want them to look tall mm-hmm. and um and and be really comfortable. So um you have to make sure that maybe they're tapered at the waist the way they need to. And the length of of the pants is huge, obviously. Um, at the Blue Devils, they put these things called toe loops in there. I had never seen those uh, with any of the high school bands that I work with. Mostly, you'll see people put in a stirrup, right? Um, but at the at the Blue Devils, they actually put the loop on the front, and you tie your shoes through this little loop that's actually on the front of the pant um, because it pulls it straight down. Uh, they do a lot of tondus. They do a lot of lengthening oh, yeah. of the foot. And that way the pant goes straight with it. It's actually brilliant. Um, yeah. When you think about it, I'm actually going to take that back to the uniform people with the high school band where I teach as well. Um, but it is a lot of making sure that that pant looks the exact same on each student. Um, 
the pants that Stanberry uses with the Blue Devils, they really are form-fitting. I think most every drum corps is going to that now. Yeah. And so you're just making sure that nothing is baggy. Um, there's arm pieces on the Blue Devils uniform. That's a yellow sleeve uh, that's on one side. And just um, I did a lot of alterations on that this week because those arms are toning up. Yeah. But um and so just make taking in those to make sure that it fits exactly on their arm, that it's not sliding down in the performance. Um, but also that it looks the same when they put their horns up and that it's hitting the same on every student. Um, and then it's comfortable to them. Yeah, that's fantastic. I I really I, I feel like every drum corps, every drum corps deserves to have somebody on tour who's looking at them that way because mm -hmm. when those pictures come out you know back in my day it was like oh yeah there's pictures up on a free day we have to go right. and log into the right website on and like fi we'll find a find a place where we can use computers yes. first of all right. log into a website and all that <laughs> and now though they're like inundated with this on their phones yes do you find in your interactions with them that they're that they're a little more body positive or body negative or anything like that with all these, mm -hmm. all this sort of like media surrounding them and their action shots. I think they're very body positive. Um, you know, they want to look their best in these action shots. Yeah. They're so proud of them and, and social media. I mean, all these kids have phones and most areas that they travel to on tour, they have good service. Um, and so, you know, they want to be able to share those, but I, I love a photograph. I, I do. I'm that person that <laughs> literally looks through every photo that's posted. Yep. Um, and so for me, I'm looking at those as well to make sure um, that they do look their absolute best at all times. I want them to always feel their best, um, to perform their best. I want them to be so proud of what they look like. And so when I knew um, when I was on tour with them last week and I knew that we were coming to a stop, we were going to be stopped for three days and that that's when we were going to do these alterations. You know, I was going through at night, looking through these photos, just looking for any little thing. If I could find something that I thought wasn't exactly right on a kid so that I could pull for them, but we let them bring in what they wanted altered. And, oh, um, so and so it was really a choice that they had first of, you know, could you take this in or could you let this out or this doesn't feel quite right? Um, because that that is super important to me and especially to the core that um, that they always feel so good in their uniform. Now, this is a, an interesting just aside on all of this, because I've seen it done both ways. What, do the Blue Devils in particular, but any of the cores you've worked with. Mm -hmm. Do the students, are they responsible for transporting their uniforms with them when we go, when they go places? Or is there a specific, like a place in the equipment truck or like a uniform truck or something like this is where the uniforms go. And then everybody has to get their uniforms out whenever it's time to change. How do, I've seen mm -hmm. it done both ways. So how do they right. do it? Um, they have slots on their truck. They're numbered. Um, that was one of the things that um, Kelly Elder and I did was um, there's little little name tags <laughs> above all the slots. Yeah. Um, and they, they're transported on the truck. And then, you know, they get them and put them on. And then they were responsible for putting them back. So there's some responsibility there. Um, the jackets were a little bit longer than the base that, that they have. Um, and so 
there's some uniform bags that appeared <laughs> kind of <laughs> went between my visits, uh, which were really nice so that they're not dragging on the ground. But there are there are slots for them on on the equipment truck. Nice. So so basically they're all transported together mm-hmm. and is responsible for getting their yes when it's time to change that's or when it's time right. to do alterations i yes. love that i love that you guys are having them bring mm-hmm. their co- their their uniforms I, I keep trying to say costumes because i know our world <laughs> and i feel <laughs> like it's same. kind of going that way now has mm-hmm. it become easier for you as we've kind of transitioned to this different uniform style because you know the style has changed so mm-hmm. much and the fabric right. has changed right are the newer fabrics easier to work with? Are they harder? Because I know there's like sequins and stuff. What's how's mm-hmm. that gone for you guys? They're um, I think they're easier. Um, some some of those stretch fabrics are are not the best things in the world <laughs> to try to uh, to try to sew on. Um, but overall, in comparison to the wool uniforms that you know still most of our high schools across the U.S. have, um, they're so much easier now, um, and they're just easier when you're doing continued alterations on them um, to be able to pull those threads out pretty quick and then start over mm, or to yeah. be able to kind of make a second change. Um, the little nips and tucks are definitely easier on the modern fabrics. That's, that's something really, really like, like going back and, and changing changes you've already made. That's mm-hmm. always been like the hardest for, for me. Cause when I, we get to Macy's and I'm re-altering the same use yes. every single year, pulling those old threads and having mm-hmm. to put new ones in, it's like, oh my gosh, it's such a chore. So bravo right. <laughs> <laughs> for continually doing that all summer. Um, and that's a great point for any high schools that are looking to get new uniforms and they're maybe mm-hmm. having a hard time with their budget or having a hard time convincing their um, their administration who are often, you know, often administration has experience with like athletics and not so much with right. music. Yes. Have it, knowing you have these options of athletic type clothing for uniforms, yes. they're not necessarily going to last you the 20 years that right. the wool uniforms did, but the way things keep going in and out of style, you don't necessarily want something that's going to last you 20 right. years. You're not going to invest that much money into it. You want to invest less, have them for a little shorter time so you can change styles and stay up to date. I love that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I do too. So um, is there anything that you like, anything that surprised you, you know, coming from a non-drum core background and then like mm-hmm. now you're going on tour and you're kind of like, seeing the behind the scenes before you even Mm -hmm. got to be part of the, you know, the audience, basically, you're Mm -hmm. kind of behind the scenes. Is there anything about drum corps and how they run that surprised you when you got into that position? I think my biggest surprise, and this is probably as an, I'll speak specifically to the Blue Devils since I've spent so much time with them this season. Uh, So I'll speak specifically to them. When I've watched them over the years, especially prior to Piper being um, part of the core, they were always this rock star status to me and so intense and so just, I guess, maybe even aggressive is a good word. Oh, for sure. Being behind the scenes with them this year and literally meeting every kid that's in that drum corps, the thing that has surprised me the most is how kind those kids are, that they're just normal students like everybody else. And yes, they're working so hard and um, so insanely talented, but at the end of the day, they're just like every other kid that I've ever met. And um <laughs> 
and that they're just, you know, just so humble and so kind and so funny. And I think that's the thing that surprises me about drum corps in general is just that we, we set these kids up for rock star status, which they (laughs) totally deserve. But at the end of the day, when you're really talking to them and you get to know them, they're just, they're just normal kids. They're just normal uh, young adults that you would meet that you would meet anywhere. And I think that's why maybe that we hear that these kids that are marching have, um, they're like kindred spirits that when they come all together at the end, or they all happen to have the same free day that they all just mix and mingle. Um, because at the end of the day, they just, that's the common thread, but they're also, you know, just, just young adults that, that have really high standards for themselves. That's amazing, Stephanie. I love that because it really is. It's an activity all about the kids and the fact that, Mm -hmm. you know, these kids appreciate the opportunity they're given and they're just, they're just normal. They're just normal everyday kids. They're not some sort of, you know, celebrities who are too good for this world or anything. They're just right. That's yep. fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you so much. You have been an absolute joy to talk to. And <laughs> I, is there anything that you want to tell our listeners out there before we finish up our interview? Um, I would just say, especially since we're talking about DCI, get to a show this summer. Um, I've been lucky enough to kind of be on each, both coasts. Uh, I did the West Coast tour, but I've also been in the Midwest um, supporting my son. And Every core is so great this year. It is a great season for drum corps. So get to a show and clap for everybody. They're all working so hard. That's awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. Guys, we are going to get back to our water break in just a second, right after we get some reps in on this chunk of the show. So we'll see you in a minute. Hello, everyone. It's Tim Hinton, the beast of the Marching Arts and the host of the Marching Roundtable podcast. It's a great summer, and we're in the middle of a series of podcasts about the 2023 DCI season. These podcasts are being released in audio and video versions, which you can find at our website. Already available are podcasts about the Cavaliers, who are celebrating 75 years with Where You'll Find Me, and the Madison Scouts, who share great advice about building a better culture in your organization. Out this week is our conversation with Carolina Crown, where I talk with four members of the design staff. Now listen to this. Rick Subel, the artistic director, Jeff Saktig, the visual designer, Michael Klesch, brass arranger and music director, and Kevin Shaw, percussion arranger and sound designer. They were so nice to stop in the middle of spring training when we recorded that and talk to me about the show. We take you behind the scenes. You hear about how the show was constructed and then about how the members are bringing the show ideas to life this summer. This show is epic, as any show about Camelot would have to be. And then next week, I talk with music coordinator Mark Whitlock of The Cadets. We talk about their show, Atlas Rising, and the strength and grit required by the core. I think you will be fascinated about how Mark describes the show, saying it's analogous to the past, present, and future of the core. The grit and strength required of Atlas Rising in relation to the past, present, and future of the cadets. This is pretty gritty stuff. 
Watch for other podcasts all summer from other DCI cores, where we take you behind the scenes and up close, including a conversation I recently had with Phantom Regiment visual designer Stephen Estudillo about their show, Exogenesis, which everybody is already talking about. It's a great summer of drum corps. Don't forget that you really need to see drum corps live. Go buy a ticket, sit in a stadium, make an effort to get there because the live experience is really special. You can feel the energy and passion of the performers coming off the field. It's an experience unlike anything else. Go see Drum Corps live. Happy DCI, everybody. Hope you enjoy our interviews all summer at the Marching Roundtable. Thank you, Jackie, for that great interview with Stephanie. Um, so let's get back at it here. I actually had a story that I wanted to share with you guys earlier, uh, but didn't get the chance to. So I think that laundry days, laundry day is basically a free day. And it was especially a free day for me back when I was at Carolina Crown, because I used to basically just sneak away from the drum corps like a day or two before any laundry block. <laughs> that way I could be doing my laundry on my own or doing the baseline as a, as a whole baseline, our laundry, like at like 12 to three in the morning. Oh, That way we would get the actual like block to be a free day when they would drop the core off to do laundry once every like 10 days or so. Does anyone have any like laundry day stories or, or any similar experiences? I, 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 we were just talking about this the other day, but I don't know if they do this anymore, but when I was marching, uh, Katie Hopkins was my dance tech Okay, and she had the cutest outfits. And so we made a deal that if I did her laundry, she would let me wear an outfit of hers. This is when I was drum corps size. I, <laughs> I could wear an outfit of hers. And so she would give me like 20 or 30 bucks and I would do her laundry. Oh. hold it real nice i'd put it all neatly back in her bag and i would pick the best outfits so shout out to katie because i can't believe she let me do that <laughs> but those are the things that people don't even know about i mean i don't know if they do that but trying to get the staff member to be like i'll do your laundry and they give you 20 bucks or 30 bucks and then you have some cash i actually i totally remember arrangements like that i think what would happen at least at crown was there's like you could go into the laundromat first if you had seniority. So that would mean like if you had been there for a while, you could kind of end up with a little bit of a free day because you're going to get your stuff in, be done. You don't have to sit around waiting for machines. The staff would get that priority first. So if you were in really good with a staff member and you could get them to like do some laundry or then you could get that special treatment instead of having to sit around for like two and a half hours in a hot laundromat in like Iowa or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think people still do that because I was just doing that type of stuff like two years ago. Well, no, it's not two years ago now. It's like four <laughs> years ago. But <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it feels like it was two years ago. <laughs> uh, so, does anybody else have some stories? I do. Um, so mine was, okay, so back when I marched, um, at Patriots, we were, they were very big on us not having any sugar at all. No caffeine. Mm. Like, yeah, super, mm -hmm. super big on that. And, <clears throat> um, I guess, I guess you could say she, uh, 
we had a member of the staff support staff. Her name was Aunt Kitty. Everyone in the drum corps called her Aunt Kitty. And she was very much like, everyone's aunt. Um, But she knew I was aging out. And beforehand, she knew that I drank a lot of coffee. And well, I'm on tour now, so I can't drink coffee. But she would always come in and like just gently nudge me before you know everyone would wake up and be like nicole i just made a pot of coffee go in and, get <laughs> and so she would let me make a cup of coffee but i had to stand there like right where the coffee was made in the kitchen and drink it and get rid of the evidence <laughs> and then go back to like my sleeping bag but she did that uh pretty much every day every day um, yeah that's a homie right there Oh, definitely. And then there were some days when she was like, she made everyone pancakes, like specialty. Like you came up to her, told her what kind of pancake you wanted. Yeah. And she made it. All right, yeah. Aunt Kitty. Right. Right. She, my dog, man. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, she definitely made drum corps that much easier for me just because like that little bit of sugar that I got in my coffee was like the sugar that I got for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but no sugar. That's that's a little bit a lot to deal with there. But I could remember like any day where maybe you got to sneak yourself over to a Dunkin' Donuts or something Mm -hmm. like that for whatever reason was like a big day when I was marching drum corps. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I guess the one PSA I would like to make to those marching is definitely don't use excedrin like whatever you do don't don't even think about trying excedrin uh don't don't even what don't even think about it it definitely isn't a wonder drug that makes drum corps tremendously easier Um, this is not the way (laughs) don't uh don't give into that temptation or do but uh now that we get through these stories here, let's get over to the news. And since Jeremy's here, how about we let him start? Hey everyone, Drum Corps Today back with some Drum Corps news. While there's only two weeks left in the season, the competition continues to heat up. Although the Blue Devils are no longer scoring above their 2014 counterparts, they are still leading this year's competition pretty cleanly by over a point. Even though first hasn't changed at all, second through fourth are getting quite intense. The Boston Crusaders lost their lead at the DCI Southeastern Championships to Carolina Crown, and they would have lost to the Bluecoats too if the Bluecoats hadn't gotten a penalty for their show going over the time limit. Looking at the captions was even more wild. At a high level, general effect was Crown, then Boston, then Bluecoats. Visual was Bluecoats, then Crown, then Boston. And music was Boston, then Bluecoats, then Crown. Crown would have beaten both Boston and the Bluecoats in music, since they beat them in brass and music analysis but they came in 8th in percussion behind the Cavaliers, Boston, Blue Devils, Bluecoats, the Cadets, Troopers, and Phantom Regiment. The next block of intense competition is 5th through 8th. Last weekend, Phantom Regiment and Mandarins had tied, scoring just above the Cadets, but at night beat, the Cadets pulled ahead of the Mandarins. Even though Mandarins beat the Cadets in general effect, visual analysis, color guard, and music analysis, their lower score in brass by a whole point behind the Cadets was enough to score below the Blue Stars. At DCI Southeast, Phantom only beat the Cadets by one-tenth of a point, only beating them in general effect, color guard, and music analysis. Eighth and ninth place are pretty cleanly going to the Cavaliers and the Blue Stars, respectively. 
10th and 11th are currently tied, and have been for a few days, tying the last time they competed head-to-head, and scoring the same score at two separate shows the following days. Last time they went head-to-head, they tied in visual, with Colts leading in general effect and with Troopers leading in music, with them even beating the Cavaliers in brass. Visual is pretty wild. Troopers beat Colts and the Cavaliers in visual proficiency and visual analysis, but they scored 6th in color guard behind the Cavaliers, Colts, Pacific Crest, Crossmen, and Blue Knights. That resulted in a tie in visual between Colts and Troopers, giving a preview of their total score. Even though 12th was going to Pacific Crest for a few weeks, Crossmen were able to pull ahead earlier this week, and Blue Knights were able to pull ahead of both of them, being almost a full point ahead of Pacific Crest at DCI Southeast, with Pacific Crest only winning in visual analysis and music analysis. Pacific Crest was able to hold their lead in visual by 0.075, but their scores in brass and percussion really lowered their scores, scoring behind Spirit of Atlanta and Madison Scouts in brass, and Spirit of Atlanta, Madison Scouts, and Music City in percussion. Music City is another core that shouldn't be slept on this season. At DCI Southeast, they scored less than a point behind Spirit and Madison, and less than a third of a point behind where the Academy scored at Nightbeat, after scoring closer to four points behind them earlier this season. They beat Spirit and Color Guard, Madison and Pacific Crest in percussion, Pacific Crest, Madison, and Spirit of Atlanta in visual proficiency, and Blue Knights, Spirit, and Madison in visual analysis. A couple more things to take note of. Raiders are on pace to outscore their score from last season. Jersey Surf has already outscored their high score from last season, and the Colombians scored 4.65 points higher than their highest score last season at their first competition this season. Coming up this week are some pretty major events. On Tuesday, Mandarins and the Cadets will compete head-to-head at Drum Corps in American tradition. On Thursday at DCI East Coast Showcase, Boston and the Bluecoats will face off for first, and Mandarins and Phantom Regiment will face off at third. On Friday is the first half of the Allentown Regional, with key matchups between the Blue Knights and Pacific Crest. And on Saturday is the rest of the Allentown Regional, with key matchups between Crown and Boston fighting for first, and Phantom, Mandarins, and the Cadets competing for third. All of these scores can be found on our Instagram, and more in-depth analysis can be found on our threads, both at Drum Corps Today. And stay tuned for more Drum Corps news. Now that we've covered the news, let's toss it over to Trish for some DCA scuff. Hi everyone, this is Trish with the DCA Dish. This week at DCA brings us to Williamsport, Pennsylvania. After spirited performances by my friends at Skyliners alumni and Caballeros alumni, we had a very interesting evening. Some highlights included a lightning delay in the middle of the White Sabres performance, which turned out to be fireworks. Fortunately, we got to see their show again, and their color guard was definitely a pleasant surprise. Also, when the Sky Competing Corps entered the field, the alumni corps stood in the stands and sang the core song, which prompted the live stream mic people to come over and capture the moment. Another emotional moment was the moment of silence for Ray Troxell, who contributed so much to the circuit and recently passed. Sky was the lone contestant in A-Class, while White Sabre's Invasion edged out Fusion Corps and their Rise Up show in open. The Reading Buccaneers can't stop and apparently won't stop in World, besting the Hawthorne Caballeros Take Me to Church production. Cab show looks completely different from the last time I saw it in Shelton. The pre-show is definitely something to watch, along with the edginess of the Bucks' very polished production. DCI Opel Class Corps Raiders brought their circus to Williamsport, and that was also lots of fun to see. Soon to come, more on DCA's plans for Indy next summer, so stay tuned for that. Our hosts are coming in with some great news stories to both inform and entertain you all this week. Lex, why don't you get us started? 
Absolutely. Okay. So I have a story out of West Virginia. Um, It's about the Calgary Stampede show band. They just took their seventh world championship title, um, which is absolutely insane. And this is after 10 days straight of performing. So they took this championship straight after all these days. Um, there's 140 members in the show band and they're 16 to like 21 years old. So young, mm-hmm. youthful. Um, and their high school group took third. So they're just racking up, you know, championships and medals. So clearly they're doing something over there. Yeah, um, this is crazy. Does it say where the championships are? Um, some small school, my friend, Larry Rubelote, he actually works with this company and does this every year. And it's a huge deal because these bands come from all over the world and yeah, they come and compete here and it's a really huge deal. But this article doesn't say it says, it says West Virginia, but not exactly where. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty crazy. I can't believe that bands come from all over the world and they compete there in West Virginia. And, and the school's done like seven championships or something like that. And and they've been around since 1971. So it's just, you know, traditions on traditions. And I would love to see them if I could even get out there. I would love to see it. Wow. Yeah, and I think it uh, it says here, I think, with that longstanding tradition, they're uh, getting a new director soon, too. It says that uh, John Meehan has been named the new director of the Calgary Stampede Show Band, which uh, apparently they have some bit of a Canadian background, too, as a music ensemble. Um, but Meehan, he's a longtime arranger and brass caption head of the Blue Devils. He's coming on board as the manager for the Calgary Stampede Fan- uh, Foundation because I guess they all, they weren't good enough already. That's that's the only right. thing I could <laughs> take from that one. Seven seven times, not enough. <laughs> well, they're they're gonna get some more. I would I would imagine <laughs> they're about to get some more. Um, congratulations yeah, to them. One hundred. Congratulations to them. Congratulations to me and as well. Um, Absolutely. He says that to have the opportunity to lead an incredible ensemble such as the Calgary Stampede Show Band is a true honor and one that he looks to embrace and dedicate himself to for years to come. So I, I think that this is just the beginning of a, a lot of great things. It sounds like for the Calgary stampede show band, uh, Jeremy, what do you got this week? You know, I've got an article from a place I think we've probably all heard of, Fort Mill, South Carolina, about an Eagle Scout project. And, you know, typically they do, say, a construction project. I personally did a uh, collection where we collected unused prescription medication to properly dispose of for Earth Day. But this project, they went and started a summer camp for Color Guard members. How awesome is that? I love it. Love that. I love seeing tip- seeing people break away from the typical Eagle Scout project of go to a church and build something or go to a different area of the community and build something and actually build something less physical and build something that'll last and affect performers for years in the future to come. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's actually a really cool idea that they're they're going to get away more like a 
personal or, or like social learning experience there and setting up this, this group that's going to exist beyond them even. Um, and I just think it's super cool to see band in like different con uh, different like contexts as well. Cause I remember a couple weeks ago, we just were covering a story about uh, band for like juvenile detention centers. They were doing like a, a big band program oh, for man. a County in California where that would be sort of like a, re a rehabilitative type of thing that students could be involved in for like education, but also just to get structure. So. I swear every time they do an article or a study about music, it's always music is beneficial for X, Y, and Z or benefit mm -hmm. or music helps you grow in this, that, and the other way. And it's almost mm -hmm. always positive. Yeah, no, I feel like it's pretty much always positive. I think it like grows your brain. I think it just oh, yeah. makes your brain stronger. Absolutely. It's like a, Sudoku, but like way more fun. A lot of things that you learn in this activity translates into real life. I mean, you all know that, you know, like that yeah. we've all been through and, you know, grown up with and the structure that it brings, it just goes along with life. Absolutely. I love to call it a head fake. You think you're learning about, you know, shower rods and bed sheets and music notes, but you're actually learning about way much more than that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's just like making your brain stronger in like uh, ways you wouldn't expect ways that, that I don't even really understand. I just know that like it was a big part of my family uh, when I was a kid growing up. Mm -hmm. And I feel like all the people that I know that were into music are like really great people. So true. Uh, Nicole, what do you got this week? All right. We're going to hit it a little bit on the serious side, but also still creative. Um, this, uh, article comes out of, um, Texas. Um, I've, I don't know if you guys knew this, but before I lived in Ohio, I lived in Texas for, about I did not really know that. No, you didn't. Oh, I lived in Houston for two years and then in Austin. Um, so there is an article that's in an entertainment section of an online magazine, um, that talks about a San Antonio native, um, Alan Otto, he explores color guard grief in film, and the film is called On Guard. So back in 2019, I'm just going to tell you this right now, there was a um, school shooting at Bel Air High School. Hmm. Um, and uh, I would say an acquaintance of mine, because you, you meet a lot of people in color guard, especially when you're in Texas. It's just like you throw a ping pong ball, you hit a color guard person. Um, <laughs> and so... Uh, Landy Wyatt, he was the director of that high school during that time. However, back to Alan Otto, um, I'm just going to read the first part of this, uh, this article. It just says, Brooklyn-based filmmaker and San Antonio native Alan Otto describes himself as a small gay tuba player who was in the marching band at O'Connor High School, which I already know, during the mid-2000s. Um, and he said that he mostly hung out with the girls in the color guard and his older sister was a member of that performance group. So he goes on to talk about like all my best friends in high school were in color guard. Very good. <laughs> They're good people. <laughs> um, <laughs> Otto now 33 told um, my essay, which is the name of this online magazine uh, in a recent interview that 
They're the ones who protected me and stood up for me. So I was familiar in that world. So what was happening during this time when he decided to do this uh, film, and it was supposed to be just about Color Guard and how uh, the members of the Bel Air um, High School Color Guard just worked out. So in 2019, he decided to return to the world and make his like feature debut, and the name of the show was called, sorry, the name of the movie was called On Guard, um, an American, oh, sorry, A Story of American Youth. Um, so it's in El Paso, Texas. The film was an all color guard, an all girl color guard in Bella high school. Um, and like it went through as they were working to go towards WGI and navigating through that. Um, and in the, the whole, uh, I guess you could say through the whole season of them getting ready to go to WGI, that's when the school shooting happened hmm. at their high school. And um, there was all this other talk about like at that time, it was about the border wall and he was going to uh, make this movie more about how this um, predominantly Latino high school and color guard was dealing with the border wall. And when that tragedy struck and how close it hit home to the color guard, he started to make it more about them. The color guard is small, but, like, honestly, the pictures, the photos in this article just show all of their personality. So they seem to me, they seem larger than life. I'm getting like <laughs> chill talking about it because there's one picture. I mean, it's just you, you as a color guard person, you relate to like these girls. There's one when they're sitting down and you can see one girl's shoe and her, her toe is sticking out of the jazz shoe. Who has not had a shoe like that? Everyone has. I have. You know, it's just like they they are all of us. We are them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, um, but they have to live through this tragedy and not to mention, like, go through it and then go back to doing what they were already doing, which is very hard as a high school um, color guard. So um, that is a, it's a it's a documentary obviously um it's a documentary but it's also like on that indie film scene um let's see it was it it was an official selection at docs without borders film festival in 2023 this year um official selection at 44 scene festival in san antonio official selection richmond international film festival um official selection el paso film festival philadelphia latino film festival and the Golden State Film Festival. Man, check this out. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, I love everything about, about this. I mean, it's a creative, and he's going in, not just to, like, talk about how, you know, it's flags and costumes and, yeah, and jazz hands. It's, you know, about the kids that are actually doing it. And then the tragedy that's wrapped up in it. I, I It just seems amazing. I agree. I think it, it's really cool, uh, that they're able to kind of give us this lens on such a serious issue through a world that we're so familiar with, because mm -hmm. that, that would make it really easy for me to like empathize with, uh, the horrible admittedly like experience that they've, they've had. Um, I think it's, it's really great to see someone actually making movies about kind of this walk of life that we've all chosen that, kind of doesn't get a lot of recognition outside of the community, you know? No, and you, you feel larger than life when you're inside of the community because it is so vast within itself. Mm -hmm. But 
then when you step outside of it, it's so small, you yeah. know? And, and um, just that people aren't aware, I think, of, of what goes on. It does. Mm -hmm. It's like it's big enough for it to feel large and important to us. But really, I think it goes under the radar of most people. One one last thing, um, and this is towards the end of the article. This um, this project caught the eye of the co-producer that was behind Bowling for Columbine, um, so Jim Sarsnicky. Um, yeah. And the director, Michael Moore's, uh, he was the director of Michael Moore's 20, um, 2002 Oscar winning documentary on gun violence in America. So, you know, you're, you're produced wise. It's going to be, yeah, check it out. Yeah. It's a good connection right there. I'm definitely going to want to check it out. Um, and, uh, let's see, does it say where it's streaming or, or how we could watch it at this time? I'm, I'm looking through the article as well now. Um, let's see. So On Guard, a story of American youth will screen at the 44th Additional Sin Festival Saturday, July 15th. Oh, that already happened. Um, at 1130 at the Guadalupe Theater in San Antonio. There is a link um, on YouTube um, if you just put in like um, on guard, a story of American youth trailer, you can at least see the trailer there. And I'm pretty sure at the end of it, it's going to show you where you can actually like watch the whole movie. Great. Well, everybody should go do it. I'll go take a look after we wrap up here today. But uh, thank you everyone for a great rehearsal this week. Thank you to our hosts, Nicole and Jeremy. And of course, the phenomenal Lex Holland. Uh, give us all your socials, Lex. It is at blonde.caramel.twist or TikTok at just at blondecarameltwist. Well, go give her a follow on both those sources. And thank you to our guest, Stephanie Click, as well. You can find her at Stephanie Click. Go subscribe, write us a review, and share uh, share this with a friend. Follow us on social media at On A Water Break, and we will see you at the next rehearsal on A Water Break. Go practice. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>